You need a Bible? You need a piece of paper, pen, lift up your hand, let's get ready to accomplish something. To kick doubt out and have faith come in. Roll out the red carpet to faith. Is that right? Spray mace in the face of unbelief. (laughs) Is that right? You can, you know. Do you know you could you could make your life such that the devil don't like being around you? He just don't like being around you. He doesn't like hanging around you. And of course, would that suit you? If he doesn't like, well, yes. Yes. The problem is, the devil likes to hang around some Christians. Quite a few of them. Because they think a lot like he does. They have a whole lot in common. Somebody said, you're talking about Christians? Yes, Christians. Yes. Yes. Ought not be, but it is. You know, just because you get born again doesn't mean you automatically think like God. That's why the Bible says you've got to be, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you have to build the Word into yourself so that you begin to think like He does. You know, if somebody just completely doesn't think like you at all, you don't really want to spend that much time around. You know, what's that old song? You know, you say potato and they say potato. <laughs> right? Or you say, if you say hot, they say cold. You say up, they say down. Well, I mean, that gets old, doesn't it? I mean, you, they, you got nothing in, a, nothing in, in common. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And how can the devil spend a whole lot of time with you? <laughs> Unless you and he got some stuff in common. <laughs> well, I'll just leave that and, and go on here. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. That the, that the devil, one of his prime ways of thinking, he, he loves fear. And he loves negativism and doubt and unbelief and all the things we've been studying about doubt, all the griping and the belly aching and complaining and you name it. That's, that's what he likes. And see, and can you see that he gets to hang around a lot of folk? Cause they fellowship with him around the stuff they have in common. But I think God will even talk to you negatively. You start talking negative, he, he's through talking with you. You understand that? Yeah. I didn't say he forsook you and left you, you know, on your own, but, but, uh, he's, he's just not going to, to, uh, agree with you and commune with you along those lines. There are certain things he just won't even talk to you about. He's not interested in them. And he's not going to adapt to you. You got to adapt to him. You understand? Complaining is a serious matter as far as spiritual laws are concerned. In 1 Corinthians 10.10, he warned and said, Don't murmur like they murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Complaining and griping uh, sets spiritual laws in motion. It opens the door to the destroyer in your life. It's serious business. And yet a lot of people don't think that way about it. They think, well, you know, everybody gripes a little bit here and there. And they don't think it's a big deal. But it's a big deal. It's serious. It's unbelief. And when you operate in unbelief, it gives the enemy a right to operate in your life. Well, if if uh, complaining is indicative of unbelief, well, what would thanksgiving be? Thanksgiving would be demonstrating faith. Is that right? You show me a person who's operating in faith and I'll show you a thankful, grateful individual. Absolutely the truth. Not only that, but we know that the Lord said that those people were hard and stiff-necked. They were a proud, rebellious bunch. And so we see complaining connected with pride and rebellion. You show me a humble person, I'll show you a grateful person. A great characteristic of humility is thanksgiving. 
A griper and a complainer is an unbelieving person, a doubtful person, and also a prideful, rebellious person. Now, the nature of your flesh is selfish and prideful and all these other things, and that's why the Bible says you've got to put your flesh under. You have been tempted to gripe and complain. Not have you just been tempted, you've yielded to the temptation. And you've done it. And I've been guilty of it. Thank God the Lord has mercy on us. He's, he forgives us. But we need to realize how serious a thing this is in the eyes of the Lord. I mean, as we studied these cases, we saw that when they griped and complained, I mean, the Lord got angry with them. We don't want the Lord angry with us. We want Him to smile and be pleased with us. What pleases God? Faith. What does faith do? You know, we have, we have a little saying that we've used around here for years. I don't know when I started saying it, but somewhere back years ago. Uh, and that's this, that doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. But faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. I want to say it again. You might want to write that down if you don't know it. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. Well, have you been despairing? Have you been down? Have you been depressed? Have you been griping? Complaining? Well, what do you know then if you have? That's doubt. It's unbelief. But faith does what? Rejoices. Gives thanks. And is glad. Are you glad today? I say, well, if I could get healed, I'd be glad. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Let me tell you a little secret. Let me give you a little insight. If it wasn't that, it'd be something else. That's right. If you can't be glad, I don't care if the doctor said you got two days to live. I'm serious as I can be. If you can't be glad in the Lord and be thankful for everything He's already done for you, then if it wasn't that, you'd be griping about something else. Because you just got heart problems. You understand? Amen. See those Israelites, they griped because it was because they didn't have this. And when God rained them bread out of the sky, they griped because they didn't have watermelon. <laughs> you understand? I mean, if it's not one thing, it's something else. If you if you have that kind of disposition, I don't care if you're sitting in a twenty room mansion with eight new cars and two closets full of new clothes and in perfect health, you will still gripe. You will gripe. If you're a griper, you will gripe. You understand? There's people that have a 20-course meal sitting in front of them. And they'll gripe because of the color of the napkin. You understand? There's people that have a brand new car and they'll gripe because it's low on gas. I mean, if, if that's the disposition you have, you will gripe. I don't care what condition you are in in life. And if that's your heart, God is not inclined to bless you. In fact, He'll be inclined to let you lose what you have. And if you don't know He's that way, you just don't know Him. He's a good God. But He can also be severe. The Bible said in Romans 11, Behold the goodness and the severity of God. You get haughty and stiff-necked with him, he'll let you wander in the wilderness for 40 years. <laughs> if you don't think so, try him out. I don't recommend it. I recommend humility. And I recommend faith. Before, if you'll humble your heart before the Lord and draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. If you'll humble yourself, he'll give you grace. If you'll reach out to him in faith, he'll hear you and he'll respond to you. If you'll show faith and patience and humility, he'll watch over you. He'll bless you. It may not all happen by the end of the week, but he'll keep you in mind. He's got a plan for you. And he'll see to it that good things come your way and good things happen to you. But you get bitter, sarcastic, and mumble and grumble and gripe and complain, the blessings will stop. Amen. They'll stop. Not only that, you keep on doing it, you'll start losing what you got. You'll start going the negative direction. 
And usually when that happens, people get more bitter and they gripe more, so it starts happening faster. They start losing things quicker. See, think about it. It's, it's faith in reverse. It's faith in reverse. When, pe- when several things have happened and people start going, well, what's going to happen next? I mean, everything is going wrong. Well, listen to what you're saying. And then, bam, something else goes. And they say, see there? See there? Nothing is going right. Man, you believe it? You decree it? Why is it God moving from me? What did you just get through saying? You just got through saying God's not moving from me. Why won't God help me? You just got through saying God's not helping me. You believe it? You're saying it. And you're having it. Do you understand? This is faith in reverse. You got your believing and saying working against you. Instead of for you. Look with me if you would. To a passage here in Psalms. Something very important. Has direct application to us today. Here now. You mean. Psalm. 50. Psalm 50. Is this okay today? Hope so. It's all I got. Somebody said, you mean that's all you could think of? No, I could think of something else. But that's all that's got any unction on it for me. How many know you go with the unction? Function by the unction. Stay with it. If it ain't no unction, leave it alone. Don't do it if it hadn't got an unction on it. Psalm 50. Psalm 50, verse 23. Psalm 50, 23. I tell you, let's back up and read another verse here so you can see the context. Right in the middle of this phrase, look what he said in verse 14. Psalm 50, 14. What did he say? Offer unto God what? Thanksgiving. Well, now... If for no other reason, you should offer thanksgiving. Why? He told you to. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Give Him thanks and pay your vows to the Most High. What does that mean? It means do what you said you was going to do. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Verse 23. Whoso offereth praise, glorifieth me. And to him that orders his conversation to write, will I show the salvation of God. Let me read that to you in the Amplified. The Amplified says, He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. You want to glorify God? Bring him an offering of praise and thanksgiving. And he who orders his way aright to him, I will demonstrate the salvation of God. Turn on over to the 140th Psalm. Psalm 140, verse 13. Psalm 140, 13. He said, Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. How many know what's in his presence? Fullness. Of joy. Glory to God. Listen to the Amplified. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence before your very face. Glory. That's where I want to be. I mean, just back up a little bit. Back up a little bit to the 100th Psalm. Psalm 100. Verse 1. Psalm 100 verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands. Let me give you a little tip here. God doesn't want to hear a bunch of moaning and groaning and depression and crying and carrying on. He doesn't like it. And it's not faith. I said it's not faith. Whining and griping and carrying on is not faith. It's acting like there's no deliverance. 
It's acting like there's no God. It's acting like there's no answer. What does God want to hear? He wants to hear joy. Make a joyful noise. Not just a joyful peep, a noise. Unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. 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 Telling you, God's tired of seeing some of these sour expressions on His saints. He's tired of it. After the great salvation He's wrought for us, you ought to smile. You ought to smile. Your mouth should turn up. I mean, your eyes should smile. Your nose should smile. Your temple and brow should smile. Your cheeks should smile. And of course your mouth should smile. Serve the Lord how? Well, best you can. Serve the Lord with gladness. 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 You know, there's a sobering word over in Deuteronomy 28. Over where it talks about the curse of the law. You know, he talked about all these blessings will come on you if you obey me and follow me. Then in verse 15 he said, if you don't, all these curses will come on you. And I mean, he every terrible, horrible thing you could imagine is mentioned in there. Losing your money, losing your kids, losing your health, losing your freedom, everything. And he said, all these things will come on you and happen to you because you wouldn't serve me with gladness. You didn't remember what I did for you. I'm paraphrasing, but you go read it. You see, it's what it says. You didn't serve me with gladness. You didn't serve me with joy. I mean, God expects us to rejoice in the salvation that He's wrought for us. He expects us to be glad and acknowledge what He's done for us. Amen. Christians ought to be the gladdest people on the planet. Not only are we going to heaven when we die, but we got victory to live in down here right now. We ought to be the gladdest bunch alive. We ought to be so glad we hardly know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> be so glad it's hard for us to sit still for long periods at a time. We just got to get up and shout a little bit. Ought to be. Ought to be. I mean, the whole 107th Psalm here keeps saying, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that they'd praise Him. Oh, that they'd bless Him and thank Him. They ought to. They ought to. But notice, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with what? Crying. Carrying on. No. Singing. We've already seen it, and we'll see it again, that there were times when those Israelites cried, and it made God mad. Sit around crying because of their plight and their situation. God doesn't want to hear it. He wants to hear faith. Faith sings when it feels like crying. Faith shouts when it feels like being depressed. Faith will rise up and say, I don't care. Yeah, it feels bad. Yeah, it's rough and tough. But I don't care. God's on the throne. And I know before it's all said and done, I'm going to be victorious. He's going to cause me to triumph. Because He said He would always cause me to triumph. So I'm going to go ahead and rejoice and celebrate right now. By faith. Do you know that God gave the Israelites feasts to observe? Three major feasts every year. The Passover and the Pentecost, Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Tabernacles. Three major ones. He commanded them to be there every year. And if you go back and study what he said, he commanded them to come and bring their offerings and he commanded them to rejoice. He commanded them to. They're just great big parties. That's all they were. He said, come, you and your children and your servants and everything you have and come and bring the sacrifices. Of course, you need to realize they ate a lot of those sacrifices. Some of them were whole burnt offerings, but a whole lot of them, you give God a portion of it and you eat the rest of it. That's the way he had it set up. And God said, come before me and celebrate. Rejoice in all that God's prospered you and all that I've, all I've blessed you with in all the work of my hands. Rejoice. Be glad in it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. He command, he didn't say try to, he commanded them to rejoice. Go back, read it, study it, you'll see how oftentimes he commanded them to rejoice. And he said, know ye that the Lord is God. 
It's He that made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And He's a good shepherd. Can you say amen? amen. Enter into His gates with what? How do you even approach His presence? How can you begin to get closer to His presence? Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Why? For the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. All glory to God. Bless Him. Thank Him. He said that's how you get in. To His gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. Amen. Amen. To be thankful. To bless Him. To praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you know it's one thing. It's one thing to praise Him. When I've primed you up to praise Him. But it's another thing to be thankful. When you just got three bad reports in a row and ain't nobody around to stir you up. It's not enough to just, you know, thank God a little bit in the service. That's not going to be enough to cause you to live victoriously. You got to learn how to thank God. Any and all times. I said any and all times. Any and at all times. I mean, the New Testament is just full of instruction toward thanksgiving. Let me read some of them to you. You know them. You don't have to turn to them. But I'll just read a few of them to you. This is all New Testament. Everybody say New Testament. Are things in the New Testament for us? No question about that. You remember 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 said, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In what? In everything. What does that mean? It means in everything. In every situation. In every place. In every time and season. In everything. Right? I say sometimes humorously, in your pajamas, give thanks. In your best dress or suit, give thanks. In the living room, give thanks. In the garage, give thanks. In the bathroom, give thanks. In the car, give thanks. In the restaurant, give thanks. In everything. In the good times, give thanks. In the rough times, give thanks because God's still God. He's still with you and He'll get you out. Amen. In every situation, in every season, in everything, give thanks because this is the will of God. Well, what if you're not giving giving thanks. We're not doing the will of God. Right? Because the will of God, the will of God is giving thanks in everything. Ephesians 5.20 Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.17 Colossians 3.17 He said, And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Well, this is pretty inclusive, isn't it? I mean in everything, all things, whatever you do, in word or deed. That's pretty inclusive. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Ephesians 5. Just turn there to Ephesians 5. It'd help you to look at this one. Ephesians 5. Verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God or imitators of God as dear children. Do you think God's a sourpuss? Is He a griper? Is He a depressed individual? The Bible said you're to be an imitator or follower of Him. That word follower could be translated to imitator. Act like your father does. How many of God speaks faith? I don't care what. 
Is that right? He speaks the truth. He's always positive. And he said, walk in love as Christ loved us, giving himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, uncleanness, covetous, let it not be once named among you as become a saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. We need to purge our conversation from filthiness and foolish jesting and all kind of things that are not convenient. And what should these things be replaced with? Thanksgiving. How many know a lot of the time when you open your mouth, what should come out? Thank you, Lord. I'm grateful to God. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm most appreciative for this. I'm most grateful for that. Wouldn't that be a lot more profitable and edifying than a lot of the foolish junk that comes out of people's mouth and ignorant stuff? A lot of times people, when they get to feeling uncomfortable, they just start talking. That's a bad habit. I said, that's a bad habit. When they feel uncomfortable, don't know what to do, don't want to say, they just start jabbering, just start carrying on and wind up saying a bunch of foolish stuff. And even sometimes people trying to be the life of the party wind up telling off-color jokes. Even things that fall in this category of filthiness and what have you. That's unbecoming to a saint, unbecoming to a child of God. I mean, when you don't know what else to say, when the conversation lulls, open your mouth and say what? Thank God. Praise God. God's good. God is good. God is good. I spent some time around Brother Hagin. And I'm telling you, he does this. He practices this. You'd be around him and nothing be being said. And all at once he'll just say, Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it's got nothing to do with what was going on. He just, he just, he, he practices that. Just comes out of him just on a regular basis. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Amen. Amen. How many of that's appropriate? That's right. When you don't know what to say, stir yourself up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We need to stir ourselves up to be thankful for every good thing that God's blessed us with. Everything. Do you know he's done so much more for us than you may be aware of? People tend to forget. Human beings are real weak in that area. They're forgetful. They're forgetful. The Bible said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? Forget not all of his benefits. Oh, he mentioned some of them. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. And brother, you got a list. I mean, it'd make a long list, all the stuff he's forgiven you of. And me too. And who healeth all thy diseases. You may say, well, I, I need healing. Yes, but he has healed you. He's done a lot of things for you, or you wouldn't even be here in this room today. Be thankful for what he's already done. Amen. He redeems our life from destruction. Glory to God. I mean, He pours out His loving kindness and tender mercies on us. I mean, He even renews our youth. He fills our mouth with good things. So our youth is renewed like the eagles. I mean, He recharges us and renews us and regenerates us. How thankful we ought to be. How grateful we ought to be. Grateful, thankful. And see, when you get a heart like that, and you're just all the time thinking, oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. That's a heart of faith. That's a heart of faith. And you watch it, God's about to do something else for you. Hallelujah! I know that it's been a practice of mine to thank the Lord, especially since some years ago He prompted me and revealed some things to me. I know uh, the uh, years ago, I was in another state holding a meeting. I was there for a week. And we'd had a good service that night. And uh, I came back to the room, and I lay down. And, I, you know, it's late. It's late. So I, I got a service the next morning. I need to get to sleep. So I'm laying there. And I just got to thinking about how good God is to me and how good he was to me. And, I mean, that's years ago. He's done a lot for me since, that, since then. But thinking about how me. Uh, just, a, just a poor, dumb, ignorant Mississippi hick. Still had red mud between my toes. Dumb as a post. Just didn't, you know, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Nobody knows me. Nobody cares. You know, making a few dollars, uh, eking out an existence. And, and, you know, God tapped me on the shoulder, said, I want you to serve me. I want to use you. And how he brought me. 
and, and taught me and, and helped me to see things and, and used me and put His anointing on me. Oh. Oh. Give me revelation. Give me something to say. Open doors for me. Let me stand in front of crowds of people and teach them the Word of God. And I got to thinking about it. I just got so happy. I said, oh God, You've been so good to me. My folks were nobody. I was nobody. And You used me. You used me. I got so happy. I got to crying. I got to shouting. How many know you can, you can cry a happy cry? Not tears of depression. Tears of joy. Tears of gratitude. I got so happy, I got to cry. And I got up and I got to shouting. And I said, oh God, you're so good to me. You're so good to me. You're so good to me. And he spoke to my heart. He said, son, I ain't started. I hadn't started. I said, oh God. Oh God. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. God's so happy. He said, son, if you want to enlarge your capacity to receive from me, continue and cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be thankful. Stir yourself up to be thankful for everything all the time. He said, if you'll do that, your insides will enlarge so you can receive more from me than you ever thought about receiving from me. Oh, glory to God. But see, when you're not thankful, it narrows you up. It straightens you. It shuts you. It causes you to be where you can't receive much. When you get to griping and complaining, because see, griping's unbelief. Unbelief is not a receiver. Unbelief holds you out. Oh, but friend, if you'll be thankful, if you'll be thankful, God will enlarge your heart. God will pour out His blessings. He'll pour out His blessings until you just don't know whether to cry or to shout or to what to do because He is so good. I said because He is so, so good. Hallelujah. Now, something that is uh, important, I want to mention this to you. You know, the Bible says, let me, let me give you some definitions here, and then we'll sum some things up. The word thanksgiving literally means to extend your hand. That's the literal Hebrew meaning of the word. That's interesting, don't you think? To extend your hand. Also, one of the words translated uh, thanksgiving means to kneel. To kneel. That's interesting, don't you think? To hold out the hand and to kneel. Well, can you see, what better physical expression of gratitude could you do than that? Huh? To, to kneel down and to go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that physically expresses what you got in your heart, doesn't it? Can you see humility connected with true thanksgiving? You know, you can't truly worship God without humbling yourself before Him acknowledging how big He is and how that everything you have from, from every heartbeat to every breath you draw comes from Him. Every meal, every stitch of clothes, every blessing, every opportunity is all from Him. Amen. And He ought to be thanked for it. Amen. Shouldn't He? He ought to be thanked. Now the uh, New Testament words that's translated thanksgiving, the New Testament words, they mean uh, to be grateful to express gratitude. And also, the one word means graciousness. Graciousness. You know, when you're thankful, you're not haughty, are you? You are gracious and humble. And also, to acknowledge or to agree fully. To acknowledge. You know, when you're thanking somebody for something, you're acknowledging that they've done something. You're, you're, you're letting them know, I'm aware of what you've done for me. I'm not taking it for granted. I'm aware of it. I'm acknowledging it. I'm decreeing it. And you know, that helps you so much. And you might say, well, Brother Keith, how do you develop and cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving? Well, you've got to make yourself acknowledge everything that God's done and is doing for you. Don't just let it go by. Say it out loud. Uh, acknowledge it. Say it before Him. Say it before people. Amen. Mention it. 
item by item, God's done this for me, and God's done this for me, and God's doing this for me, and the Lord has done this for me. Remind yourself, make yourself be aware of it. And you know, you just start thinking about uh, what God, what all God's done for you. Gratitude will just rise up in your heart. And it won't be something that you have to make yourself do. It'll just flow out of you. You just want to tell him that you appreciate all he's done for you. Now, um, when people gripe, when they complain, there are a couple of basic reasons why they do. Now, you've griped, you've complained, but uh, if you've repented, God's forgiven you. How many know you should repent for complaining? Amen. Oh, I mean, it's sin. It's sin. I said, it's sin. Because when you're complaining, you're ungrateful. You're not remembering all that's going good for you. You're not thanking God for all that the blessings you have when you complain. It's sin. And after all God's done for us, we ought not be that way. But when somebody's complaining, then there's two basic things here. A lot of times people are complaining because they think what's happening is not fair. It's just not fair. You ever heard that? It's not fair. I'm telling you, they're just not treating me right. I'm not getting a fair shake. This is just not right. So they're complaining. I understand that that's so. I mean, that's, that's a big major outlet for complaining. Why are you complaining? Well, because it's just not right. It's just not right. I mean, the way they treated me over there is not right. It's not fair. And coupled with that is people think and believe that they deserve better. They deserve different. They deserve more. So they're complaining because they think, well, I don't deserve this. I deserve better. I don't care what you're complaining about now. It's the same in any area. If you're complaining about the way you live in financially and materially. Well, it's just not fair. Here I am stuck in this little place and there they are living in that big house. It's just not fair. Here I am eating macaroni and cheese for the fourth night in a row and I saw their car over in front of that steakhouse. It's not fair, God. What are you saying? What are you saying? You're saying, I ought to be having better than this. I deserve better. Let me tell you something. You don't deserve anything. I know you may not like that, but I'm going to say it about five more times. You know what you deserve? You don't deserve a thing. Not one blessing do you deserve. Not one. You don't deserve a fraction of what God's done for you already. You don't deserve it. I said you don't deserve it. You don't deserve any of it. You deserve two hard slaps and a swift kick in the rear. That's what you deserve. For the way you've acted and the way you've done. You deserve to live under the curse in life. You deserve it. Because you've sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've failed. You've been rebellious. You've messed up. You've been disobedient. You've been uncommitted. You deserve to be sick. You deserve to be poor. You deserve to be mentally oppressed. You deserve to die and go to hell and spend eternity there. That's what you deserve. You, me, the whole bunch. Don't dare talk about what you deserve. You don't deserve half of what you got. You understand? You understand? I know people may have been surprised sometimes they've talked to me about things, you know. I've had people, you know, people... They just don't think right. And if people say sometimes about something that God blessed us with or a situation we were in, they say, well, you know, you deserve that. No, I don't. I'll tell people often, no, no, uh-uh, no, no. This has happened because God is good. Because He is gracious. Because He is merciful. No, no, no. You don't deserve. You see, people get mad. People that are sick sometimes get mad. Well, I, I deserve to be healthy. No, you don't. I'm enjoying health, but I don't deserve it. I have it because of the grace of God. And you can have it by the grace of God too. But you get to singing that old song about what you ought to have and you're going to lose what you've got. Because you don't deserve a thing. Not one thing except the curse and, and destruction. 
If it's by grace, it is not because you deserve it. Is that right? Well, is it by grace? Then what does that mean? You don't deserve it. Don't you think about it. You don't deserve the family you've got. Boy, that was weak. You don't know my family. I mean, they're heathens. I know you don't deserve them. You don't deserve the spouse you have if you're married. You don't deserve them. They're really too good for you. Now some of you look like you just love this, but, but I'm telling you anyway. You don't deserve the clothes you have. You don't deserve where you live. You don't deserve how you live. Even though it may be a low level. You don't deserve that good. Nor do I. But I tell you what, if you'll humble yourself and you'll say, Lord, I know I don't deserve anything for my works and my this and that. But Lord, by your grace, by your grace, you're good. You're gracious. And if you'll be humble and if you'll be thankful and not have an arrogant, uh, demanding, I deserve attitude, then faith can flow in your heart. And faith can work in your heart. And I'm telling you, God will bless you. Oh, He'll pay you so much more than what you're worth. He'll treat you so much better than what you ought to be treated. Amen. Why? Amen. But don't you dare look up and, and you just kind of take it for granted and say, well, I've worked hard. I ought to have this. Don't you dare let yourself think like that. I said, don't you dare let yourself think like that. Well, I've served God faithfully. He ought to heal me. He owes you nothing. He owes you nothing. You owe Him everything. He will heal you if you'll just receive. But don't you come to Him thinking He owes you anything. Thinking you, you deserve this or that. Because all you deserve is the curse. Jesus did not deserve the curse, but He took it. Amen. I said He took it. So we could get what we didn't deserve, the blessing. How thankful we ought to be. How grateful we ought to be. Do you want to enlarge your capacity to receive? Do you want to receive more than you have now? Well, what do you got to begin to do? Stir yourself up in thanksgiving and gratitude. Stir yourself up. Oh, it's it's such an easy thing to do, to slip into griping and complaining, because the world all around about you does it all the time. They're just continuously. You know, I don't know why and how people watch all these talk shows. Dear Lord, I've seen just a few minutes of them and make me mad. Amen. Dear Lord. Because most all of it is just griping sessions. Amen. Blaming everybody and all this kind of stuff. I mean, they're, they're so far away from getting help from God, it's pitiful. You have, I mean, they need help. But how are you going to get help from God? How, how, what's going to cause Him to reach down and, and be inclined favorably towards you and reach out His grace and help you? He gives grace to the humble and He moves for those who have faith. And both of these are expressed through thanksgiving. 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 I'm telling you, if the Lord never did another thing for you, He's done enough already for you for you to thank Him the rest of your life. He saved your soul. I said He saved your soul. Are you going to heaven? Are you glad about that? I tell you, you spend about three milliseconds in hell I said, if you spend about three milliseconds, milliseconds in hell, you'd thank God for the next 20 years. It'd be hard to get you up off the carpet. You'd be going, oh, thank God. Thank God I'm not going to hell. Thank God. Thank God I'm not going to hell. Oh, how glad you'd be. But see, we don't know what hell is like. We haven't experienced it. And so you get, it's easy to get lulled into a state of, well, you know, we ought to have it like this. In fact, we ought to have it better. I don't know why we don't. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you why. Because that attitude is, is unbelief and it rules and robs you of your blessings. What kept them out of Canaan's land? Unbelief. Unbelief is demonstrated and revealed through that I deserve it, gripey, complaining attitude. It's revealed through that. And that's not faith. And if you're not operating in faith, God's not in a position to help you. You're not in a position to receive because He moves according to your faith. Now, if you begin to thank God, something very wonderful will happen to you in the area of revelation. 
I want you to go with me to Romans, the first chapter, and notice something. Now, this is a great truth. This is a great truth. Is this okay today? Romans one twenty. Romans one twenty. He said, For the invisible things of Him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I mean, if you got any sense, all you got to do is open your eyes and look around and know that there's a God. Is that right? Look up in the sky. Anybody that doesn't believe there's a God is just ignorant. I don't care how many degrees they have. There's no way all of this just happened. Somebody said, well, it was a big bang. Well, what if there was? What caused the big bang? Things originate somewhere. Is that right? I mean, look at the animals. Look at the mountains. Look at the oceans. Look at the, the stars. There's a God. Is that right? And He's a majestic God. He's an awesome, awesome God. I was looking at some animals the other day. And I just, I mean, I just was talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I would have never thought of putting stripes on an animal. Would you? I mean, just, I mean, He put spots on them. Stripes, long necks, big noses. God, God is, is amazing. All the fish, you ever looked at some of the fish he made? Um, incredible. The variety just seems endless. What a God we have. What a God we serve. He said, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And what happened? But became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. When you see things and yet are unthankful, what kind of effect does, does that have on you? It darkens your heart. The more you gripe and complain, the duller you get. And the less you see. And the less you realize, you can become like a brute beast. You don't even realize what's going on. Don't even see half uh, and a fraction of what God has done for you and what He's doing and what His plan for you is. If you gripe and complain, it darkens your heart. It dulls your, the, the, your understanding. I don't want to be dull. I want to be enlightened. I want to see. Don't you? Well, then what's the opposite of this? Thanksgiving. Right? Being grateful. Being thankful. And if you'll be grateful and stir yourself up and be thankful, then it'd have the opposite effect, of course, of griping and complaining. And instead of being dulled and darkened, you're going to be enlightened. Amen. You'll see things. I said you'll see things. You watch it. You start stirring yourself up and remembering what God has done for you. And as you do that, a lot of other things will come to you. You watch it. You, you, you'll begin to realize all kinds of things. And the more you do, you'll realize how thankful you really are to be. And you'll just, it just snowballs. You know what I mean? But if you gripe and complain, you forget about this. And you forget about that. And after a while, you keep griping and complaining. You act like, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. What a lie. I said, what a lie. What a lie. I don't care where you find yourself in life. You're Especially if you're a child of God. You've got so much to be thankful for. You know, when it comes to deliverance and healing, and when it comes to the anointing of God, thankfulness is such a key. We read there in the scriptures and Psalms, you remember, that the person that gives thanks and praise, that's how you enter into his, his courts and into his presence. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And the Bible said, he that offers up praise and thanks glorifies me. I will show him the salvation of God. The Bible said God inhabits the praises of his people. There's a big key to the anointing here. See, if you get to thinking, the anointing is here. Thank God for the anointing. The anointing is here. Thank God for the anointing. You know what's going to start happening? The anointing is going to start manifesting to you. Well, you stand there dull and look like an old potato or something, and, and you say, I don't feel any anointing. Why isn't the anointing here? What are you saying? 
What are you saying? You're saying the anointing's not here. So are you operating by faith or by feel? You're not operating by faith. What will God respond to? Faith. What if you just sit around and gripe and say, well, ain't much happening in the service. I don't feel no power. You feel any power? No, nah, none of us feel any power. Ain't nothing going on. No power. We wish we had some power, but we don't have no power. No manifestation. We need some glory and victory, but I don't feel nothing. You feel anything? No. What are you doing? Griping. Is that right? And I'm telling you, the anointing is going to fade quickly. You thinking like that and talking like that. But I can tell you, you can feel just as dull and cold as that chair rail you're sitting on. But you can stand up and begin to say, thank God he's here. Thank God he's here. Somebody said, you feel something? I didn't say I felt anything. The Bible said he's here. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We're gathered together. He's here in our midst. He's here. He's here. And his glory is here. And his power is here. And his spirit is here. And you start thanking him. And you start thanking him. I want you to know he'll show up. He'll manifest, he is already here, but he'll manifest himself in greater degrees. So if you're going to have somebody to lay hands on you, like today perhaps, you need to begin to say, thank God the anointing's here. Thank God Brother Keith's anointed. Thank God when hands are laid on me, the anointing's going to come into me. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the anointing. Thank God. And then after you've had hands laid on you, all afternoon, all night, all the next day, thank God the healing power is working in me. Thank God for the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing. The anointing's working in me. Thank you, Lord. I'm so appreciative. I'm so glad the anointing's working in me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. And it's the open door for God to move. Some specific things here now that the that Thanksgiving does. I want to remind you of them. We've already said them, but I want to remind you of them. Remember them. Thanksgiving acknowledges the presence and reality of God. Is He real? Should you acknowledge Him? Yes. Thanksgiving does that. When you're saying, thank God He's here. What are you doing? You're acknowledging He's here. You're acknowledging His reality. You're acknowledging His presence. Thank God. Also, thanksgiving acknowledges that it's by His grace. It's by His grace. When you're thanking God for something, then you're not acting like you earned it, or that you merited it, or that you deserved it. Right? I mean, if uh, if you work hard for something... And they don't pay you any more than what you earn. I mean, you earned every penny of what they're giving you. You don't necessarily just fall down on your face and say, Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, no, you feel like you earned it. Is that right? So you're just liable to take it and walk off. I mean, you feel like you earned it. Well, you ought to be thankful even for the opportunity to work and have a job. You understand what I mean by that? Lord, not to have a bad attitude. But what I'm talking about is you did not earn your salvation at all. You did nothing to merit it. You did not earn healing. You did not earn the fullness of the Spirit. You did not earn any blessing at all. Any blessing that you have or that you have had or that you can have, Jesus bought it and paid for it. You did nothing to deserve it. And you, because of what you are and what you've done, you don't deserve a thing. Not even a handshake, not a pat on the back. Nothing. You deserve nothing because of who you are and what you are and what you've done. Absolutely nothing. That was because of some of the looks I've got. I know some of you may not agree with that. You may not like Amen. that. But I'm telling you. Amen. See, if you've got the attitude that you do deserve some things, then you're not going to be thankful to God about those things like you ought to be. Because you feel like, well, hey, I did work hard. Hey, I did. Listen, you wouldn't have enough sense to get out of bed and find the door in the morning. If it wasn't for the grace of God. Much less get anything accomplished throughout the day. Is it or is it not all because of His grace? Yes. Boy, I'm telling you, if you have blessings of any kind and you are in any any degree blessed, you just know it's not because I have been Mr. Wonderful or perfect or, or what. No, 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 no. It's because God is good. His grace, unmerited favor. What does that mean? You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. 
It's all by His grace. And when you realize it's by His grace, then you just are thankful. Thank God. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But I'm thankful. Can you enjoy something you don't deserve? Oh, you bet. (laughs) You bet. (laughs) You bet you can. (laughs) Yes. Man, you can enjoy it big time. But all the while you're enjoying it, what should you do? You'd be thanking God. Why? Because you know you don't deserve it. You know you didn't earn it. You know you don't merit it. But you're thankful. You're enjoy- you're you're enjoying it. You got it. You're healing. You're blessing. Your possession, whatever. Even though you didn't deserve it, boy, that, how thankful that ought to make you. Amen. Amen. Every time you ought to see things, you ought to say, "Thank God." Anything that you have, anything that God's blessed you with, every time you see it, every time you look at it, you ought to say, "Thank God." Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Every meal you have, every item of clothes you put on, every breath you draw. You enjoy breathing? Don't take it for granted. It all comes from His hand. Thanksgiving acknowledges that it's all by His grace. I don't deserve any of it. It's by His grace. Thirdly, Thanksgiving acknowledges something received. Thanksgiving acknowledges Something received. I mean, if somebody gives you something, what's the most natural thing to say? Thank you. Thank you. And you're expressing gratitude. Right? And uh, what did Mark 11:24 say? What things soever you desire, when you pray, do what? Believe that you receive them. And then what will happen? You shall have them. Now, when are you supposed to believe you receive them? When you pray, which is before you see them, feel them, have them, as that scripture said. Right? You're supposed to believe you receive right when you pray before you see or feel any different. If you're believing for healing and you ask God for healing, then what things serve you desire? Well, I desire healing. When you pray, believe you receive. Or as the word literally means, believe you take it. So if somebody's offering something to you, you've got to reach out and take it. Put your hand on it. Lay hold of it. Take it to yourself, right? Amen. Well, believe you do that when you're in that time of prayer with Him. Well, then if you believe that you've received something from Him, would you keep on begging Him for it? No. No. If you keep on begging for it, it shows you don't believe you've received. Would you just keep on asking and whining and crying? Please, God, heal me. Please, God, heal me. Please, please heal me. Well, do you don't believe you've received anything. But if you do believe that you've received, then what remains? Thanksgiving and praise. You, all, all you, you, you believe you've got it. So now what? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now you believe you received before you see it and feel it. So that means you're thanking God for your healing while you're still hurting. You're thanking God for the provision while the bills are still staring you in the face. Right? You're thanking God for direction while your head's still confused. Amen. Amen. You're thanking God. Thanking God for success while it still feels and looks like total failure. Can you see why thanksgiving is so much faith? Because when you're saying, thank you, Lord, you you are showing, I'm acknowledging God is here. He is real. I'm acknowledging it's all by His grace. I'm acknowledging I've received something. He's heard my prayer. He's granted my request. Whether it looks like it or not, I've received it. It's mine. So I'm, th- I'm just thanking God for it right now because it's mine. Amen. 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 Remember the story of Jericho? You remember that? What God told them to do when they got there? He told them to march around that city repeatedly on the last day, march around it, you know, seven times. And on the last time, He told them, shout and blow the trumpets. Why? Because the Lord has given you the city. I mean, they're having a celebration shouting party before the walls are down, before they ever go in. That's That's how God does it. You have your celebration before. Amen. Amen. And it's true. When you're really in faith about your healing, you'll be celebrating your healing before you ever see it and feel it. Amen. When you're really in faith about your money situation, you'll be celebrating, uh, you know, the, the victory and the prosperity before you ever see it. 
If you're standing and believing God for money right now, how would you act if somebody came up and put a big wad of cash in your hand? How would you act? Well, if you believe you receive, you act that way now. If you're believing for your healing, how would you act if the doctor looked at you and said, we don't understand it, but I mean, you are perfect in every way. There's nothing wrong with you. You can do anything that you want to do. Look like you're going to live for another hundred years. How would you act? How would you feel? If you're really in faith and you really believe God has given you that and you've received it, you act that way now by faith. You do. You do. Stand up with me if you would. Let's lift our hands. Let's stretch forth and extend the hand. And let's thank God. Let's thank God for His goodness. Let's thank God for His grace. Let's thank God for His mercy. Let's thank God for His faithfulness. Lord, we thank You. Lord, we bless You. Lord, You've been so good to us. You've been so faithful to us. So merciful to us. Oh, God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.